Welcome to GFT's podcast series, Your Immutable Future. Today, we're going to be um, talking about DLT for industry. So that's uh, any kind of industry. So that could be a car, automobile, or, or, um, or manufacturing, or, or, or pharmaceutical, or, or whatever. And we, are, we have on the show today, Lucas Lutz, who heads up the um, industry practice uh, globally in GFT. We have Alessandro Amiconi, who's been working on industry um, projects out of Italy in the blockchain space. And we also have Menno Van Rin, who heads up the digital innovation lab on, on the call today. So welcome to the show and uh, thank you very much for attending. So as I said in the intro, uh, Lucas, you head up the, the GFT industry pack practice. Um, in which sectors do you, do you think you've seen the most interest in DLT or, or crypto amongst the, um, amongst the clients? So, I mean, I think in the automotive sector is definitely something, especially with regards to the mobility services where they look into it, but certainly also in the production environment where we see uh, automation advancing, robotics advancing, and especially with all the new um, technology around connectivity and IoT, it's really an enabler for, for this blockchain technology. Okay. And um, I suppose that in, in, in those different sectors you probably see some clients that are that are more interested than other clients um depending on the innovation uh labs um and depending on 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 the amount of focus that they spend on innovation as well i suppose that's probably the case right yeah absolutely and i mean there is a, a couple of use cases where which are pretty 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 evident in which people are researching and companies are researching in very much detail one i would say is um the entire tracking of products and goods along the supply chain. I mean, we can see that with all the pharmaceutical industry, especially now with Pfizer, with their um, vaccine that's very sensitive to temperature and where they need a very secure way of tracking what's going on. That's a perfect use case for, for blockchain technology, for example, or the textile industry where there's all this um, dispute about child labor and people want to know where their clothes are made, how they've been made, so that's that's nice nice um, use cases for tracking products along the supply chain, but I think also it, in the production itself, it's it's very interesting what we can do there, especially when connectivity advances and we see these kind of intercompany ecosystems with high levels of automation and where this technology can really add a new layer of trust. Whereas before, and and that's a big challenge at the moment, we have the banks and we have trusted um, vehicles like certificates and, and automated signatures and stuff like that. So um, as, as we progress in that environment, machines become really more independent economic actors. And um, one could even say they become their own profit centers, right? When we talk about um, ser- um, products as a service or equipment as a service, that's really when the machines itself make the billing and um, in such a connected and digitized factory, it would be even possible to create a kind of marketplace where production orders are processed automatically, submitted automatically, processed automatically, and even then paid and realized automatically. So what we see here, I think, with this technology is really emerging between the um, physical material supply chain and the financial supply chain, where really machines talk directly to each other, where there's very little human interaction and on the on the production side, but also on the payment side. However, as you said, you mentioned innovation labs, and that's a very good point. So from a technological perspective, there's a 
a lot of use cases and a lot of room for thinking. But there is a, a couple of challenges why I think production-ready blockchain use cases are still very rare. And we are more in the, I would say, POC phase where, where companies try out this technology. And um, in my opinion, this has three major points to it or three major challenges why this is the case. Um, apart from all that stuff, which is energy consumption and the real immutability, because you at some point you have a connect between the physical world and the software world, right? And, and you have, if you say you have an immutable blockchain that tracks everything, you have to make sure that the sensor data is immutable as well. But I think this is, this is all still technological challenges. For me, um, the three major points why blockchain is still in the POC um, stage, I would say, is first of all, they have to fight against an existing environment, ex again, an, against an existing um, yeah, ecosystem of players that, are, that receive very high trust, like banks, for example. I mentioned uh, certificates earlier, which I think are a classical product or classical databases are very much trusted. So people are a little bit reluctant to move away from these um, existing technologies. The second thing is that there, in blockchain use cases that create a lot of value, there is usually a couple of different players involved. And that's always a very hard sell, right? Who brings all these players together on one table? How is the value distributed between the different players? So I think it's it, a blockchain use case for only one company inside one company is usually not so valuable. So it's really the intercompany um, use cases that are nice, but also very difficult to realize and to sell in the end. And the third point, which is again a little bit more technological, is really the fragmented infrastructure. We have data silos um, in these different companies. There, there are tons of data hidden in the ERP system, in the MES system, in the PLM system. So there is many different data sources and they need to somehow be integrated into each other. The connectivity is still not at a point where all these machines can act autonomously, right? IoT is just starting to kick off. And I think in the next couple of years, we see a lot more of this connectivity and automation progressing. And I think that's when the real business cases come out. Because for now, it's really the challenges with blockchain use cases to really provide the value to the customer immediately. Because especially after in, in these times of COVID, People in industry want to see the um, benefit of the implemented use case right away. And I think as GFT, we're well, very well positioned in this area because, as I mentioned earlier, it's really the, the world of the um, hardware environment, the physical material supply chain and the financial supply chain are growing together. And I think as a player that comes from both worlds, that now has a lot of industry experience, but also knows everything about the financial services, payments, and all this stuff. I think we're very well positioned for the future here. I think, um, I mean, I think that looking into into the future, um, I see the, the technical challenges um, that we have had in the past around scalability and even around, for example, the linking of digital twins to their um, on-chain representations, I think those things are going to disappear because we're going to find very clever ways of being able to do that. Um, in fact, I think we might speak about that a little bit later in this podcast. But I think there are some, I think I, I agree with you. I think that at, the, at this point in time, we're still in the POC MVP experimentation stage, but there is a lot of potential um, in the future to push beyond that. 
Alessandro, um, I know that you've done um, some really interesting work in a more, uh, in, in particular in the energy sector with a client in Italy. And that's been um, a very successful MVP um, it's been, um, that, that's currently going on um, with, with Hera, uh, which is a multi-utility company. I don't know if you could maybe explain a little bit more about what you're doing in that space um, and why you think that DLT and blockchain is, is important for this sector. Uh, yes, David, uh, together with Hera, we are experimenting the concept of a smart community platform based on blockchain. This platform aims to facilitate the creation of networks between business entities, providing the necessary level of trust, security and privacy in order to promote, reward and measure user behaviors towards a common and specific goal, for example, sustainability or circular economy. In the Smart Sustainable Community Project, ERA and other partners have their own BISU node in a permissioned network and sign a smart contract containing the community rules about behaviors, rewards, rewards value, and rewards spendability. From this master smart contract between the partners, B2C and B2B smart contracts are generated to onboard users and stores by each partner. The users receive crypto tokens in their wallet for their behaviors provided by the partners or directly from IoT and spend them in a store as a discount. The stores receive the tokens and can change them in a fiat money through a common treasury. Though at the first look, this could be seen as a multi-partner loyalty program, improving cross-selling between partners. In this case, loyalty is the medium and not the goal. The real power of the platform is to make organizations able to measure the impact of their initiatives and investments and to report an environment on environmental and social performance in a reliable way through the blockchain. Sustainability reporting indeed has become increasingly important for companies in recent years. Since 2017, it is mandatory in Italy for public and large companies. And more important, it is a gateway to European financing. For example, the new European Green Deal. Moreover, for energy sector, blockchain is particularly important because it could improve the growth of other innovative concepts, like the energy communities. Thank you for explaining that. And I, I do think that blockchain and DLT um, in, the, in the energy and multi-utility area is actually very important. And just, just purely from, a, from an economical um, scale, that you know, energy companies can obviously apply for grants as you said previously EU grants around these areas if they can prove that they are using renewable energies to a high level um, and this is a this is a great saving for them so I think there is a lot of interest in in, in certifying that and using the core benefits of of blockchain to show that they're not um, cooking the books that then that they aren't being fraudulent in their uh, in their activities I think that to a certain extent maybe you know uh, auditors or, or, or governments are somewhat uh, suspicious of these kind of reports um, that, that have been given by companies as, as there has been some fraud in these areas previously and blockchain technology can help improve the trust between energy companies or manufacturing companies and the auditors or, or governments if they want to report it. It's really interesting. Exactly, exactly. Thank you very much for that Alessandra. So Mena, 
as head of the Digital Innovation Lab, um, you're always breaking boundaries in terms of tech and innovation. Looking into uh, the crypto the crypto uh, ball a little bit, uh, the crystal ball a little bit, I suppose. What advances, either technological or otherwise, do you think will have a, um, a big impact on uptake of DLT and crypto in the industry space? Yeah, so um, it's interesting that you mentioned the crypto uh, crystal ball now, because uh, I think it's interesting to see how, how uptake is going of blockchain uh, DLT technologies in general. And, and I think what we've been seeing over the last year that, that of course, we've been very involved in some of these on some of these these developments and that the real uptake so far has been on on, on the crypto applications of, of um, the, the cryptocurrencies in, in general uh, all kinds of of applications where you where you're working with with more I think with crypto as the application and then the blockchain beneath it and then blockchain as as the the objective or the or the, or the main the main use case and so I think um, I think uh, Lucas already mentioned some of the, of the reasons why maybe that uptake is going is going to somewhat slower. Um, I think those are very valid reasons. Uh, at the same time, I think that when you when you now look around, we, we see very promising um, advances. Uh, there's a lot of things happening in anything from from trade finance to to security of data. I think uh, traceability was already mentioned. Um, so generally, I think there are we are going forward, um, and I think there's a lot of, of opportunity uh, to come. Um, personally, I think that when 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 we right now look at, at at some of the things we've seen again, looking back, we we thought that blockchain could apply to anything. Um, for me, right now, the most promising areas are where you indeed need this kind of auditable data, um, and similar, of course, the analogy to to crypto is there. Is when you really need to really need to exchange value, uh, which you cannot maybe do with with more more traditional IT, which has also been said is indeed very much trusted. I mean, I have my bank account on something that's not based on blockchain, and I feel very very comfortable that that my money is going to remain there now. Um, so I think um, just in general, we 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 there is a lot of opportunity for industry, um, and maybe the challenge that that, that we have still are are then that. And business really needs to adopt some of the the use cases we know that are very, where it's very valuable, and the technology needs still to to permit that to scale. And I think that that's currently still 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 a topic, but there's a lot of, of ways around that. Maybe starting with the technology, um, and maybe not going into too much detail on that. And there's a lot of advances there. Uh, our partner, Digital Assets, is doing uh, things around horizontal scaling with Canton. Uh, Devio is working on sharding. I personally think that technology will continue to evolve. It will not be the the in terms of the speed of uptake, not be not maybe even be the main barrier. And then the, the real the barrier or the, the challenge will be more on the part of of, of actually business adopting uh, use cases. And maybe if I were to to think about like how that's going to be happening, a um, couple of, of lines. One would be that again, since I think crypto has has really um, has really built on blockchain for exchanging value. I think exchanging value within an industry sector and within the industry setting will also probably be one of the areas where we, we see the most opportunity. And I think then about things like uh, like trade finance. And that's you could say that trade finance maybe still is a financial application, but 
I think there can be a lot of spillover as you start using blockchain for maybe a more financially um, um, motivated application and then spilling into the use because you're then already tracking all of, uh, the goods that are being where we for which we use the trade finance that you can then go into into use cases where, where it's not just about the financial application anymore. Um, I think there's uh, probably quite a lot of uh, opportunity in when the public sector starts pushing more um, more insistently for requirements related, for example, to to traceability or to auditability. The moment that, and I think there you see also uh, because there's an interest from the public sector to, to achieve that and also to push innovation in these kind of areas, that there will be, I think, more and more cases where at least they will permit or maybe even push for that you can. Um, that, that, that reporting from anything, again, it could be financial, but also related to, I don't know, sustainability, for example, um, blockchain can be used um, for that. And then, of course, I think maybe one of the main drivers for innovation in general are, are all kinds of, of startups from the crypto space, from the, um, just from the, from just general startups from different, different areas that, that will, that will push the boundaries as well. We just recently spoke with a, with a company uh, called Circularize. And that is using a blockchain and all kinds of related crypto technology um, to to do the traceability of materials really from from the from from when products are are built until when they are well ideally recycled and, and not not disposed of and i think you see when you see the energy of those kind of and, and the great ideas that those kind of of companies have um, in in combination with maybe some public sector requirements, for example, about sustainability, I think that you will see that those are the kind of, of things that will, will get a lot of uptake on the on the, maybe on the on the shorter term. Then on the longer term, I would agree with with what again what what Lucas said before. Uh, things like when you have the technology a little bit more skilled as well, you can think about uh, micro payments, um, uh, building ecosystems around IoT in industrial settings. So that's definitely. I think the vision for the future, where we, where we, where we definitely should be going. Thank you for that. That's uh, that's great. So maybe um, just a question for the, for the whole panel. Uh, GFT is actually starting to work with various multi-regional or global blockchains um, at the moment, uh, such as EBSI and which is the, the European Blockchain Network, and the BSN, uh, the Blockchain Service Network. What do you think is the impact of this in terms of large-scale integrations in, in, in the industry sector? Um, I, I, would, I would start, David, if that's okay. I mean, for us as GFT, as, as really as a technology firm that provides solutions to our customers, I think it's absolutely essential that we know the technology behind the solutions, right? We can only provide value to our customers if we understand one side the business problem but also on the other side, the technology. That's where we, when we can do the best fit for, for our customers. And I think it's very important that we not specialize only on one technologies of these many out there. I think it's similar to the cloud environment where we really have to know the different players and the different technologies to, in the end, find the best solution for our customer. Thanks, Lucas. Any other opinions on this? Uh, yes, David, I, I think it will be terrifically important uh, in the European context because uh, it is crucial for improving collaboration and integration between European companies. Uh, for example, I'm, I'm working in an Horizon 2020 project, uh, iFree Market, 
which aim to create a network between data marketplaces to improve data sharing and uh, accessibility from different business contexts. And uh, another one about the sharing of data and uh, artificial intelligence uh, models to analyze and evaluate uh, public policy uh, is starting uh, in uh, the next month. In this project, we will use uh, uh, permissioned blockchain for the pilots, but we realize that in a real scenario, such blockchain network uh, cannot be provided by a private entity, uh, nor can be a public blockchain. Uh, so I think that uh, um, initiative as the EBSI could be the, the key to make this uh, project real and also provide the, the needed standardization about uh, uh, distributed identity and verifiable credential, which is uh, uh, very, very important uh, topics uh, uh, in the uh, collaboration uh, between uh, different, uh, different entities and uh, in, the, in the exchange of uh, uh, credential. To, to guarantee the, the necessary trust between uh, between the, the companies. Thanks for that, Alessandro. I don't know, Menno, if you have anything that you'd like to add. Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I think these, these are very important uh, developments just in general. Um, I think the, it, it shows how, how important, uh, at a, from a public sector perspective, uh, blockchain is, go it should, is going to be. Um, it shows that that's, that's that large uh, governments or public authorities are, are committed to, to developing that. I think they, they offer opportunity because they maybe tackle one of the challenges I think mentioned before about uh, having such a, having all these different, very siloed data, uh, fragmented infrastructure. Um, and, and I can really imagine that, that these kind of uh, EPSI or BSN being places where, where those kind of things can start getting connected. And at the same time, I think that that they can also then function for 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 what I mentioned as one of the drivers before us for actually the uptake of of blockchain on a more broader scale, um, because if you then connect connect those kind of uh, networks with maybe not the prerequisite, but at least the the incentive um, to start to to when you have to do uh, auditing, reporting, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to to go over those 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 networks and to connect also with public authorities that. That can really be a driver for for uptake um, in general. So I think in that respect, it's a very very important development, and I think one that we are keeping a close a close eye on because a lot of the things that we've ourselves also been doing with GFT in this area for me could could very much apply also to the use on top of these networks. Yeah, I mean, for my my two cents um, as such on this topic is I think it's it's a big connection between these kind of global uh, multi-regional networks and smart cities um, so I think when we think about looking into the future and in a technology sense um, at the moment I think um, it's actually probably China where things are most advanced um, in terms of technology and, and technology on a kind of broader scale um, in in these in China you have uh, cities like uh, Wanxiang otherwise known as Innova City which use blockchain platforms to be able to manage transactions for for their smart cities um, so for example for digital payments or for blockchain identity systems i think this is going to be uh, revolutionary um, in the future and i also think that uh, we need strong multi-regional networks or global networks to be able to manage that so i think that's it's a bit 
my vision of where things are kind of maybe going in, in, in the future. And that's, that's not going to happen tomorrow, but maybe over the next 15 years, we'll, we'll definitely see that happening right across the globe, I would imagine. So, so I suppose on that note, I think we're going to wrap up the, uh, the podcast today. It's been a very interesting topic. Uh, I'd like to thank all of the speakers today. And I'd like to thank the people at home um, for, for listening in. So uh, thank you, everybody. And do tune in to the next podcast in the series, uh, Your Immutable Future. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>